Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas or at church1132.com. Vision Day 2017. And we're so excited for everything that God has for this year. And uh, we're going to unfold it. And uh, this video says, do, do you see or can you see? And I, I just want you to tell you what true vision is as we get started. True vision is not seeing what we see. True vision is seeing what God sees. True vision is the ability to see beyond my own difficulty, my own, uh, my own personality, my own giftings, my own finances, and really see what God sees. And I'm just going to tell you, if you can begin to see what God sees, you will begin to change everything in your life to accomplish what God has said you can accomplish. It is amazing what a vision can do for your own drive, passion, and desire for God and for being and doing everything that he has for you in the future. And I, I love vision. I'm, I'm a visionary. I, I, like to, I like to look way down the road. I like to plan for the future. And uh, I, I, love, I love big dreams and big ideas. And, and uh, my wife puts up with all my ideas and my dreams and businesses and cars and houses. Because, you know, one day, uh, this week, this could happen. I could be like, we're going to sell the house. She's like, uh-huh. She knows not to get too worried because I'm going to change my mind the next day. And, and, and so then the next day it's I'm going to do this. And, and the next day I'm going to do this. And, and so she's just learned to kind of give me time. And if she gives me time, I'm going to kind of find my way through. Uh, but I love, I love vision. I like the idea of something bigger than me. I, I like the idea, and, and some people have given up on this in life because we just learned to settle. But I love the idea of changing history. I, I did you know the church has changed history? All throughout the years, the church has been on the brink of major revolutions and major changes in, 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 in the earth. And I just think that we've settled into an idea that just says whatever is, what is whatever will be. And I just want to declare to you on Vision Day 2017 that whatever is, is not what will be. But God's raising up a people and God's raising up a church that can see beyond their own needs, their own prejudices, their own ideas, their own comfort. And they're really trying to see what God sees. And if a people can say, God, I want to see what you see, God will make his vision clear. And when he makes his vision clear, this is so interesting about God, is that God never shows you something to tease you. God shows you something to move you. God does not show you things to tease you or to, to, to put a carrot out in front of your head to get you to move and, and, and just follow with no purpose of, of getting to the destination. He shows you something to move you in steps to take you to a destination. I want to open your Bibles uh, this morning to 1 Samuel chapter 14, and we're going to look at, at, at verse 6 through 10. Uh, I, I love this passage. I've been, I've been uh, preaching this and teaching this for years, and it's really amazing. First Samuel chapter 14, verse 6, it says, Jonathan said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised men. He's throwing out insults. Just forgive him. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. I just can say that again. Perhaps the Lord will act in, let's go over there. And maybe God will, this is what he's saying. You know what? Let's take that land and maybe God will show up. You know what? I'm tired of sitting still. Let, let's just take, let's take, a, let's take a crack at it. And maybe we'll extend ourselves so far 
that we're in big trouble and God will rescue us and come through. Verse 7 says, do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead. I am with you, heart and soul. Heart and soul. This is interesting, this story. I love this passage. The Philistines are attacking the Israelites. And uh, the Philistines are always a picture, uh, just like the Egyptians, a picture of the world or temptation. And the Israelites, always a picture of the church in the Old Testament. And, and it's interesting, in this story, we see the Philistines raiding the Israelite army. And the Israelites have now been put in a position where they're in a place of complete defense. So there's no more offense, there's no more making progress, they have been hedged in, they've been hemmed in, and the Philistines would send raiding parties in and would get whatever they need, steal, ravage from them, and then leave. And so Jonathan is the son of King Saul, and he's sitting there thinking like, this is getting ridiculous. We're sitting here, and they come keep taking whatever they want from us, but we're not taking any ground, so they're just having their way. And the Bible says in verses previous to this, it says that the Philistine army had set up an outpost on one cliff on one side and one cliff on another side so that the only way through was through a place called Michmash, which was an ambush zone for the Philistine army. And so the only way that they could go was to climb up into this area where they were vulnerable. And it's interesting, Jonathan, he starts having the conversation with his armor bearer. And he says these words. He says, you know what? Me and you, like don't worry about the rest of the army. Just me and you. Let's just go up there. Let's just, let's just go, let's walk in the ambush. Let's just climb up there. And, and then he says these words. He says, perhaps the Lord. Per, perhaps the Lord might come through. On, you know where I think a lot of the churches, I think a lot of the churches camped out in defense just saying like, let's just try to have our little services and as long as we don't take ground and as long as we don't challenge status quo and as long as we don't rock the religious cows of the church world, then, then, then we'll be all right. But at the same time, I feel like there's a restlessness in the people of God that there's, there's Jonathans out there, that there's armor bearers out there that are saying, but what if we did go up? What if we did try to take the land? What if we did try to shape culture? What if we did try to challenge the status quo? What if we did try to do something different? And so I want to walk you through this progression and really walk you through some of the words of the armor bearer. And really with this thought in mind, true vision is not seeing what I see. True vision is seeing what God sees. Jonathan was ready to make a move, and we see these words, perhaps the Lord. I just want to ask you this question. Have you ever stepped out so far that if God didn't come through, you would have fell? Because that's a perhaps the Lord moment. Is that when you go so far in faith that you're saying, uh oh, I'm in, I'm in trouble. Because my own strength or my own gifting can't help me now. I, I have extended my resources. I've extended my gifting and my realm of influence and leadership. And now... God, you better come through. I, I need you. This is what Jonathan did. He said, you know what? I'm so tired of sitting here and being afflicted and sitting here and being in defense. I'm about to make a move. I, I, I am a, perhaps the Lord will come through. 
Perhaps the Lord will come through on my behalf. I just want to say over you, maybe this year needs to be the year of a move for you or the year of a risk for you so far, so much in faith that you say, God, I'm going to step out so far that perhaps the Lord will come. You know what? He doesn't even have a guarantee that God will come through. He just has a perhaps. Most of us can't step out in faith Unless we have a full-on guarantee, we've seen it work in other people, we've seen other people do it. You know what? God, in this church, I know this is true, God's called some of you to be innovators, not replicators. And we're always waiting for someone else to make the step and make the first move. And another church to do it, and another person to do it, another leader to do it. Maybe God calls you to be a pioneer in our culture right now. Well, we don't really need pioneers anymore, Pastor Dustin. That was back. I think we need it now more than ever. At a time when the church has settled, at a time of political chaos, at a time where our nation is in crisis, at a time where believers are at odds with another, it just seems to me that God might be leaning in, waiting for a risk taker so that he can say, oh, he said perhaps the Lord absolutely the Lord. And the Lord would step in on our behalf. Maybe he's looking for a risk taker. Maybe we're seeing a lack of God because there's a lack of risk. Maybe we're seeing a lack of provision because there is a lack of faith. Perhaps the Lord. I, a couple of weeks ago I had the privilege of sitting down with, with a, really a legend in, in, in the faith. Pastor Willie George, pastor's church on the move in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so he has uh, started Dry Gulch, the camp. They own that camp that, that our kids go to every single year. He's a phenomenal visionary. I mean, he's just, he's amazing. And we're sitting around uh, a campfire and he's out there telling stories and talking. And uh, I said, Pastor Willie, excuse me. Hold up. Excuse me. I want to know something. How did you take all those big risks that you took? And everybody went real quiet around the campfire. I said, I want to know what it felt like when you didn't know it was going to work. Like, how did you take the step when you didn't know? I mean, how did you take those leaps of faith? And I said, leaps of faith. And right there in front of everybody, he rebuked me. He said, I never took a leap of faith. And I said, well, okay, help, help me with that. I'm sorry, I used the wrong verbiage. He says, God doesn't lead us in leaps. He leads us in steps. I said, oh. And it started to make sense. What looks like a leap to us is a step to God. What looks like a risk to you that says, oh, there's no way we could do that. There no, it starts with a little, it starts with a perhaps the Lord. It starts with a perhaps the Lord in your spirit that says, yeah, all right. We've been on defense too long. You know, some of you have been on defense in your marriage way too long. Maybe you need to hit the, the mountain and climb up and say, perhaps the Lord. Maybe, may, may, maybe in your business you have just been at odds and yet in the place of ambush too long. And maybe it's time to just have a perhaps the Lord in your spirit that says, you know what? I've been living for myself. I've been living for my own gain. I'm going to stretch myself so far out there that God has to come through and maybe just see what God would do. Because this is my thought, is that if we would step out in faith, God would come through. I remember when Peter was on the boat and they thought Jesus was a ghost. And he said, Jesus, if that that's you. Tell me to come to you. Jesus is like, is this guy serious? Okay, it's me. Come on. I mean, it's like, I'm sure Peter was like thinking that Jesus would not do that. But Jesus was like, oh, you have the faith to step out on the water? 
then I got the power to hold you up. The perhaps the Lord is saying, yeah, if that's you, Jesus, uh, tell me to come. Okay, come. Oh, oh, oh. So you, know, you know what we are usually? And I'm not trying to slide anybody. I'll just speak for myself. You know what I am usually? Is I'm the guy that's in the boat. And after Peter jumps out and he stays up, I'm like, all right, let's go, guys. We can walk on this. Let's go. That, that doesn't take faith. That is not faith at all. It's experience. It's knowledge. Most of what we call faith is knowledge. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Not seen. Not se I cannot see it. So it's the first one out of the boat. It's the first one with the step. God doesn't lead us in leaps. He leads us in steps. A God dream should push you so far outside of the boat that you ask, perhaps the Lord. A giant task is accomplished by small steps, and a risk to us is obedience to God. The second thing that we find, and the armor bearer actually says this, he, he says, do all that you have in mind, the armor bearer said, go ahead. I'm going to tell you, you need someone in your life that, is a, that stands beside you and says, do all that you have in mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, we are such limiters on other, if we're not stepping out in faith, we don't want anyone else to step out in faith either. We're just like, hey, guys, let's just all calm down, okay? You all are worshiping a little radical. Let's just, let's just, woo, let's take it down. That's uncomfortable to me. That's, I don't know when Jesus was ever worried about your comfort anyways. It's just like a, a, a byproduct. I saw somebody left a review on our church a, a, a little while ago, and they said, the worship dragged on and on and on forever. It was blaring in my ears. It was, I think it was on Yelp or something. And I was, I was thinking on and on and on. It's like they are going to hate heaven. Because that, that 18 minutes got them. I mean, that 18 minutes is just like, whoa. That is, I mean, I mean heaven is going to be just like hell. Um, this armor bearer looks at Jonathan and he says, I can see that something's happening here. I can see that you're about to take a, a giant step of faith. And I just want you to know you're not alone. And I want you to know you need to do everything that's in your mind. Because a lot of times when we follow God, we, we, do, we do steps to test not steps to obey, which means we, we'd stick our toe out of the boat and we touch the water and we see if like, well, I kind of went in a little bit. I'm not going to do that. And, and we test God to see if he's really going to come through. But I'm going to tell you, you need some people around you that are like this armor bearer that says do everything that you have in mind. Go ahead. I just feel like this year, we said is the year of the risk. I think this year is also the year of go ahead. I think God's saying to you, this is your year to go ahead. Go ahead and make a move. Go ahead and take a step of faith. Go ahead and take a chance. Go ahead and do something great for God. Go ahead and extend yourself. Go ahead and stretch yourself. Go ahead and educate yourself. Go ahead. You've had too many people in your life tell you that you can't do it or you shouldn't do it or why you shouldn't do it. In church ministry, I hear this all the time of why we shouldn't do things certain ways and how we're not going to grow a church certain ways and how you can't do this and you can't do that. And I'm just like, well, perhaps the Lord. Did we leave that out of the algorithm when we were trying to put together the way that we grow churches and we increase attendance? Did we forget about the perhaps the Lord? 
Because I think we could band together and we could stand arm in arm and we could say, do what's in your heart. And you do what's in your, you go ahead. Yeah, and you go ahead. Because the body of Christ is the body of Christ. It's not a head. It's not just the head or just the neck. It is a hand and a foot. It is a servant and a giver. It is a leader and a producer. It is a discipler. It is all things. We need you and you and you and you and you and you. That is the body. Go ahead. Do everything that you have in mind. I've found this about God is that fear never dissipates. That any time that I have to step out in faith, I have to step over fear. That any time I try to take a step of faith, I thought that as I grew with God that fear would just like dissolve. And when people said I was a man of faith, it was because I would never feel fear. But I'd be lying to you this morning if I told you that I never felt fear. It is in every step of faith, I have to step over fear. We need, I'm telling you, in our church, we need a go-ahead spirit. We, when someone comes to you and they have an idea and a ministry, we need a go-ahead spirit. Man, you go do what God's called you to do. We're going to be talking about some of the risks in 2017, and this is what we're doing. We're looking at them and saying, go ahead. Do everything that you have in mind. And it's not from a spectator point of view because many people say, yeah, go ahead. You go ahead. Go ahead. Do this. His armor bearer was saying go ahead because of what he was about to say the next phrase. The next phrase that he says is go ahead. He says do everything that you have in mind, the armor bearer said. Go ahead. And then he says this. I am with you, heart and soul. See, it's one thing to say, man, you go accomplish your dreams. Oh, yeah, you want to fight that battle? You go do it. It's going to be amazing. Go ahead, brother. Go. No, really, go. Go. But his armor bearer didn't say that. He said, do everything that you have in mind. Go ahead. And this is why I'm telling you to go ahead. Because I'm with you. I'm with your heart and soul. If we're going to tackle that devil, we're going to tackle it together. If we're going to let that giant fall, we're going to make him fall together. If we're going to accomplish something, we are going to do it together. This heart and soul is, is really the, the, the ingredients of a mighty move of God. It's people coming together and saying, no, it's not just about a pastoral team. It's not just about a leadership team. It is about a body of believers that say, let's go do something great for God. Let's challenge the status quo. Let's challenge what church should be or what church used to be. Let's just be obedient and stretch out so much in faith that we have to say, perhaps the Lord, perhaps the Lord. You know what? Other people might make fun of you until God comes through. See, I found that. I found that to be true in my life is that everybody wants to make fun of you when you're the first person out of the boat. But nobody is laughing once you start walking on water. I remember when we started youth ministry and we started doing certain things and, and I said, we're not playing any more games. And everyone's like, wait. Well, Dustin, this is the Bible Belt. And to get kids to come, you have to play games. I said, I hate games. I'm bad at games. We're not doing games. <laughs> well, listen, my parents sent me down. Now, just, I want to explain to you about youth ministry in Texas and how other churches are doing it. it honestly, it infuriated me. Because this entertaining mentality to try to get kids to come to church is just so backwards. It's almost as if Jesus, like, isn't enough. It's like Jesus is good when you get older, but when you're young, let's just, like, add on some things just to make him a little more appealing. You know what I've found? 
that the watered-down version of Jesus is actually less appealing than the full-on, straight, concentrate. I, I want Holy Ghost concentrate, not Holy Ghost diluted, not Holy Ghost watered down, not a gospel palatable for me, not something that we can all handle together. I want something that shocks me. I want something that's real. I want something that's really him. I don't want him and something. I need him, period. And you know what we found? Is that's what students wanted. And when hundreds started coming, the same people that made fun of us stopped talking. It's, 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 it's just wild. It's like, man, that's a bummer we didn't do games. Like, look at those kids running after God, taking notes. Some of you adults are in here because your student led you to Jesus. You know what I'm going to tell you? On this side of the risk, everything looks scary. On this side of the risk, everything looks like it might not work. But once you start walking on water, the same people that ridiculed you are going to be coming asking you for advice. The same people that made fun of you are going to seek you out asking, wait a second, so I guess you can do that. All it takes is someone that's willing to challenge the status quo. And I'm going to tell you, the year of the risk is not not, listen, not uh, lacking uh, to listen or lacking uh, teachability or, or saying we're not going to learn from other people. It is just saying that first and foremost, we have to be true to the voice of God and what he speaks to us and what he puts in our spirit. And we've got to do what God's shown us. We have got to lay out the blueprint of what God has released. We can't build according to what other men have built because we're not other men and we're not other churches. we got to build what we're called to build. You can't start a ministry like other people are starting a ministry because you're you. You got to be true to you. And as long as you're true to you, God will bless you because God's anointing doesn't fall on you and what you try to be. God's anointing falls on you and who you're called to be. So every time I try to be somebody else, there's no anointing there. The anointing is only on me when I'm me. I can try to be Pastor Steve, and when I'm Pastor Steve, there's no anointing there because I'm not Pastor Steve. I can only be anointed when I'm Pastor Dustin. And when I'm Pastor Dustin, I'm the best Pastor Dustin on the planet because that is the Pastor Dustin, that is anointed. And the Bible says that the anointing is the supernatural empowering on my natural giftings. That means I could be uneducated, I could be ungifted, but if God smiles on me, I can do anything. But I got to be true to me, and you got to be true to you. And we as a church have to be true to what God's asking of us. What looks like a risk to us is obedience to God. I'm with you, heart and soul. There was no guarantee that they would win, just a simple commitment to take a step of faith and perhaps the Lord. And I feel like that's what God wants to release in each of us even today on this vision day. As I've been praying now for months about this day, I was asking God, like in every person, Lord, just birth something that says, God, I want to do whatever you have for me to do. I want to step out of my comfort zone. I want to step out of just what I know. And I just want to be open to whatever you have. I want to be able to take a risk. You know what's interesting? Later on in this passage, 1 Samuel 14, verse 22, it's just a couple verses down. After Jonathan, his armor bearer, go up and they wreak havoc. I mean, they take care of 
business. It says in an acre, uh, in an acre of land, Jonathan and his armor bearer took out an entire Philistine outpost, which was over 20 soldiers, 20 some on two, and they took them all out. After they did that, verse 22 says, people begin to notice that they were winning and they joined them. Nobody went with them when they said, perhaps the Lord. But everybody came once they started to win. And this is my challenge to you. You can join us later if you want. But I feel like God's put something in you right now to say we're with you heart and soul. God, whatever you have for us, Lord, we're with you heart and soul. We'll fight later, but we're going to fight right now. We're going to be the first. We're going to be some of the pioneers. We're going to be the trailblazers on what God has for us. You know, some people uh, look, look at our church even right now and what God's done over the past couple years, and they say, oh, wow, that's, that's amazing, all that God's. I'm just going to tell you, we have just barely begun. We have just barely begun. Right now, what God's calling people to in this house is to be heart and soul people that are saying, yep, let's, let's build something. Let, let, let's challenge the status quo. Let's turn our community upside down. Let's reach this area. Let, 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 let's, let's see statistics drop in our, in, in, in our community. Let's see churches. I'm, I'm just really praying this. I remember this story, Jesus. Maybe you, maybe you know about this story. Jesus, he's out with his uh, disciples one day, and they're fishing, and, and uh, they got so many fish that their nets could not contain it. So they had to call other boats and say, you got to take some of these. My prayer is that we would be such a light in our community that souls would be spilling in. And instead of us building our church 1132 thing, we would say, hey, we need some help. We, we need some help. Like, we don't have enough room. We don't have enough space. Can you take some of these? Can you disciple some of these people? Can you take this family? Because if you looked at how many lost people are in our city, it's more than empty seats we have in churches. All this church competition is just hilarious. We're all battling for you. You're already here. We need to battle for them. Those are the ones that need to know. Those are the ones that need to be saved. Those are the ones that we stand for. This is what we perhaps, I love you, but we're not perhaps in the Lord for you. You're here. We're perhaps in the Lord because there are thousands in our community that do not have what you have. And that is our mission. What looks like a risk to us is obedience to God. I'm going to transition just for a moment, and, and uh, this is vision day, so i got to get into this. I, I'm going to give you, and if you want to pull them, if you want to write them down, you can, but we're, we're going to give you a, a magnet on your way out with all ten of these risks that you can take with you, you can put somewhere and pray over. And uh, some of them, you know, it's wild. It's only February. It's the first Sunday in February. And uh, when we wrote these out, it was like, oh, God. Here we go. And already, a lot of them are like, it's just little by little. We, we, thought, it, we thought there were huge leaps, but then we're already in February, and it's like, oh, some of those leaps just like, look like God's already working. The Bible says in Habakkuk to make the vision plain and to write it down. You know what? We wrote it down, and God started to answer. We wrote it down in faith, and we said, perhaps the Lord, and the Lord says, Perhaps. I mean, it's just, I wonder if people just don't see God's miracle working power is because they never, perhaps the Lord. It's just like, well, if he shows up and shows me, then I, listen, 
God, God doesn't have to shake you. There's a lot of other people listening for his whisper. And so if you want to wait till the shout, you can, but you're going to miss out on the heart and soul. Because the heart and soul people say, I'll take the whisper and I'll take the hill. The shout people say, oh, they're winning. Let's go with them. And that's fine. If you need to wait for that, you're all good. But I'm going to tell you, what God's raising up is people who say, no, I, want to, I think I want to be on the front lines. Ten risks of 2017, and I'm just going to uh, really transition and explain some of these uh, practically, but it, it, it is exciting. We really believe that these ten risks are ten things that the Lord's asking us to accomplish in 2017. And some of them are massive. Some of them, like I said, now, they don't even seem that big. But the first risk of 2017 is we're bringing back uh, our marriage conference. And uh, so this year, we're hosting the summit. We're calling it the Summit Marriage Conference, and Pastor Stephen Lisa birthed this years ago, and 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 we're bringing it back, and uh, and we're gonna bring them in and uh, some other guests, and I'm gonna tell you why. I have never seen, and I, I don't know in in my life, I've never seen such an attack on marriages. Every single day, we are hearing getting phone calls, getting emails about marriages under fire, and I'm gonna tell you specifically. People in their middle ages, as their young as their uh, as their children are now getting older and graduating, we are seeing just a major onslaught of the enemy against those marriages. And I just felt like the Lord said, "It's time for it to stop." But to stop it, we've got to step into the ambush. We've got to step into the battle, and we got to say, "Perhaps the Lord." Perhaps the Lord. So we're going to be hosting this in April. Our second risk of, of 2017 is we're going to be launching uh, what we're calling VBX. And it's Vacation Bible School Extreme. And we really have a heart to step up what we do as children's ministry, especially in our community. And every summer, we're going to be starting to, to, to hold this annual uh, VBX uh, where we can have everybody from the community, kids from the community come in, hear the gospel, be ministered to, their families ministered to. And you know what I found out is that kids can't drive themselves. So if, or they shouldn't, if, if, if kids come then their parents come. Some people say, well, if we just get the adults, then we'll get the kids. If you get the kids, you have the adults. I'm going to tell you right now, if my son wanted to go learn about Jesus at First Baptist Allen, I'd be like, y'all, I'm going to be here the early service. I'm going to take my kid over because it is so important to me that he learns. I'm being serious. I want to be where my kid is learning. I want to be where he's learning about Jesus and growing up in the faith. And I'll go wherever I need to go to get him in that. And so we are going to launch this, and we're going to have this right here on our own property. It's going to be amazing. You already know this. Uh, number three is we're going to send our first 1132 missionaries. Mateo and Annalise and Shelby are some of our first pioneers. They're going to London on February 15th, and they still need some support. So if you want to support them, just contact us. We'll, we'll help you out. And uh, they're still raising the last bit of their money, and we're going to send them out. And I'm going to tell you the dream in this. This is, this is just amazing. How cool would we, we're sending nine trips around the world this year. How cool would it be if we sent trips to missionaries that we sent out? 
all over the world, in Haiti, in Thailand, in Cambodia, in Honduras. We've had people that have answered the call and said, I'm going to go and give my life there. And they're giving their life there. And then we send a team to support and encourage them and to build a ministry and to build an orphanage and to feed people that are hungry and to clothe people that are naked. I mean, these this year, this is a pioneer work that we're sending them out. I've told them, just have patience with us because you are the beta. You are the test. You're the guinea pigs. So um, number, number four is... We are going to launch monthly young adult gatherings. We've we brought on Pastor Tyler and Jaylee, and uh, they are doing a phenomenal job already with our young adults, and they are going to work hand-in-hand with Cameron as, and, and Spencer as we reach the next generation. But Tyler and Jaylee are going to start monthly young adult gatherings because I don't know if you know this or not, but we have over 15,000 college students within a 15-mile radius of this church. 15,000. People say, well, that's a really young church. Yeah, and we're not doing a very good job. Because 15,000 college students. So just side note, before you complain about the age, why don't you just, uh, I'm sorry, i got to be careful. i got to be careful. Why don't you just pray about a heart for the lost? And then say, God, whoever you want to reach, reach, because we all need Jesus. Praise the Lord. Monthly young adult gatherings. We're going to be starting these. Fifth one, we're adding and so we're hiring uh, an executive pastor over adult ministries to focus in on our, to really focus in on our adult ministry development and our organization uh, as a whole. It is going to be, it's going to be amazing. As we continue to grow, we have got to bring in high level, high, high level thinking uh, people that are able to come in and help us structure what God is doing. And uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little bit more. You want to know who that is? I'll tell you at the end. Number six is we're going to launch coaching curriculum for adults. Lord spoke to us that we have got to better equip the adults. We train our interns. We're going to start training you adults. And we're going to be doing this through a coaching curriculum that we're writing right now. And so we're going to give you an opportunity to go through classes and to learn and be trained and be educated. And then we're going to release you as coaches. And some of you are already in a coaching place right now. But we're going to release hundreds of coaches over ministries, over groups, over departments so that the church can continue to grow. It's not enough for us and as the staff to try to do these things. We need you. And so we are going to release coaches that are trained. Some of you have so much skills right now. You have so much gifting right now. We have just got to funnel you. We've got to direct you and let you lead and let you be what God's called you to be. So we're going to do that. We're going to launch that uh, this year. Number seven, I've got to hurry. We're going to add kindergarten to our preschool. And before and after school programs. But I'm going to tell you this. This is the vision of this. We're adding kindergarten. But I felt like the Lord really spoke clearly to us that we're going to continue to add grade, a grade every single year. Because I am passionate about our young people and our kids being educated in a place where they can experience God. Can you imagine not just education, not just spirituality, but the combination of learning those things together? We're, we're going to do it, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's probably going to happen faster than we think it is. But I, with that means that, that we've got to really start planning for the future. 
I mean, if we're going to add a, a grade every single year, we, got, we need rooms, we need facility, we've got to have space. It, 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 come, it brings about all kinds of problems, but we really feel this is one of the things that God wants us to accomplish this year. The eighth thing, number eight, is we are forming this year our launch team for our first satellite campus. And we've been praying about this, and this fall, we're going to be launching uh, Church 1132 Wiley. And uh, some of y'all already come from Wiley. This, I'm telling you, it's, it, this is going to be amazing. It's just going to be another extension of us, and some of you need to be on the front lines of this. Some of you are like, well, let's see how it goes. And some of you are going to say, oh, no, no, I'm with you heart and soul. And for those of you that are feeling that, we need you because we've got to offload people off of this primetime experience so that we can continue to raise up people and continue to see people saved. And we've got to continue to expand our borders into places that, that do not have a Church 1132 expression. And so we're going to do that, and there's going to be many more. So just, just get, get used to that. But this is our first one, and, and, and it's going to be Wiley, and there will be all kinds of more information to come on that. Uh, a ninth thing real quickly is we're working to purchase additional property to accommodate the risk that we're taking in the other areas. And so one of those is uh, we're working, to, working with the preschool over here uh, to actually purchase their property. And uh, so we're talking with them, we're working with them, we're praying with them uh, right now so that we can continue to expand this footprint so that we can do everything that God's called us to do. And the 10th thing, which is so exciting, is we are going this year to begin a campaign, a building. We're about to build again. Some of you are like, oh, my goodness. Some of you are really excited. We are going to build, connected to this building, a state-of-the-art children's facility. From babies all the way through up, we're going to have classrooms, we're going to have opportunities, a chapel for them to experience God. And in the history of this church, children have always been a huge priority, but sometimes facility-wise have always taken a back seat because as we've grown and tried to fit and whatever, and we feel like God spoke to us for 2017, that we have got to start moving forward on expanding and creating a learning center, not just for our school, but for our Sunday experiences, that young people would be educated and learn how to hear from God and to live for God. So it's going to be right, right where that grass is right out here. That's where we're planning to build. We're going to knock out some walls. It's already set up. We built this building knowing that would come. So we're going to knock out a couple classrooms, make a hallway, and so we're going to build a children's facility out there. And one that I'm really believing that you can be really proud of. That you can bring your friends and your soccer teams and your kids' friends. And you can say, hey, hey check, check out where we go to church. And it would be a drawing to the loss. And it would be drawing to people that have a burden for their own kids. To do all this is going to take a lot. And, and, and I'm going to have the band come up now, if you would. And, and uh, to, to do all this is, is, is just going to take faith. But you can see some of those things have already just, like, started to happen. It, it is wild. But these are ten risks that we're going to be praying into and believing God for. And... We've been praying, you know, for a long time into the future of this church and what God would do. And I don't know if you can sense it or not, but there's something really special about y'all, about this church, about this time in history. And as we were praying about that and we said we're adding executive pastor, we were praying. And, and, we're, and I've been seeking God, saying, God, I need 
I need some people, some staff. I, I need some people to help us shoulder the burden, specifically in our organization, bringing, a, bringing a, an executive mindset to, to how we structure things and, and property and, and, and acquisitions and uh, our building. And, and to, you know, that was cool that we built this. I just like, that was intense. I'm just going to tell y'all. That was really intense. We need some help to come. And it was probably over a year ago, I think, I was approached by someone who said they, they just felt the call of God was stirring in their hearts. It's a businessman in our church. They do great. It's been very successful. And he could not get away from the call of God in his life. And I said, well, brother, I'll help you find a place. I, I didn't, you know, sometimes we don't see clearly. I'm like, I'll help you find a place. He prayed about it for a couple of weeks, came back, and he says, hey, I just want you to know, like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to keep on working my job until there's an opportunity. But when there's an opportunity, I'm ready. And you know what I felt in my spirit when he said that was what we just read. Do all that's in your heart, Pastor. Go ahead. I'm with you, heart and soul. And God spoke to me right in that moment. That he was answering some of my prayers to bring people to help us pastor and help us take us to the next level. So in May... We're going to be hiring an adult pastor. Some of you already know them, but Keon and Katrina Bird, why don't you stand up? Stand up, stand up, stand up. If, if you know them, you already love them. If you don't know them, you should get to know them. We love you guys. And I just want to say I'm so proud of the commitment and the step of faith that you're taking. And I know beyond a shadow of doubt that God's going to honor this decision and honor this step. And so our body needs you. We need you. And I just want to say, uh, I'm going to try. Keon, thank you for being heart and soul. Because when we had when we had about 50 kids at the movement, Ken and I played softball together. And we happened to pick up on the same team at the same time in the same tournament. And we became friends. And I didn't tell him I was a pastor. Undercover. But I invited him to church. And he came. And God's rocked their family. And he stood with me in the movement. When other people said we couldn't, he said, if you believe it, we can do it. And so when we're facing brand new challenges and brand new risks, I want somebody like that by my side. And God's going to take care of your family. God's going to take care of the finances. God's going to honor you. He's going to watch over you. And we're going to see God do great things together. We're so proud of you guys. Sit down so I'll stop. God is so good. He'll bring the answer right in front of your nose, and you're not even going to know it's there. And then it just happens. This is how we're going to close this morning. It's a different day. It's vision day. And so we're talking about all these things. But the scripture that we read is, is 1 Samuel 14, 7. And so in the past, we've had Change Your World campaign. We've had Finish Strong campaign. We've had Heart for the House campaign. We've had all these things. And the Lord spoke to me at the end of last year, and he said, Dustin, 
you just need to get ready. I said, okay, get ready for what? He said, you need to stop having campaigns. I said, oh. He said, you need to have an open-ended campaign for people that are with you, heart and soul. That people are looking at the vision that I'm given and saying, I'm with you. And so we've been praying about this. Chris and I, we went, spent some time in prayer, just like, okay, Lord, what, what are you doing? And so we just, we're opening up a brand new fund, a brand new area that's called the 14-7, 1 Samuel 14-7. I'm with you, heart and soul. 14-7. So on the first Sunday of every month, we take our first Sunday offering. It's, it's going to be our first Sunday offering, but we're going to give to the 14-7. With the 14-7 is every risk that we believe God's asking us to take. So to raise money for the children's building, we're not going to have a children's fund. It's just 14-7. So some of you, you might, and, and there's cards, Vision Day cards that are on your seat right now. And you can take them with you. You can fill them out now. This is, there's no pressure. There's no obligation. I know some of you, your heart's bursting right now saying, oh, man, God, this is where I'm supposed to be. Some of you, you just need some time. That's all right. You're praying. Some of you, there's no pressure anywhere. But we're about to take an offering in just a minute for, the four, for our first offering to the 14-7 fund. And that 14-7 fund is going to provide for those 10 risks to be accomplished. And we're going to see God do a miracle. And you know what? A lot of people are going to join us after you take your step of faith. There's going to be a lot of people. But I'm just going to tell you, God always remembers his risk takers. He always remembers the, the, the first. You know, nobody wrote about the rest. They wrote about armor bearer, though. The armor, no name, armor bearer. They don't, I don't even know his name. It's just his armor bearer. But they wrote about him, and they said, they said this guy, gave courage to Jonathan because he said go ahead and do whatever is in your heart I am with you heart and soul I want you if you would just grab that card and whether you fill it out today or you take it home or whatever it should have been on your seat you can just grab it but I want it just to be maybe a prayer reminder for you I'm so excited for you in 2017 these are our corporate risks but I'm telling you God's going to bless your personal risks as you take and, and right, we, we say it's a risk, but it's just obedience to God. A, a leap, no, no, God leads us in steps. It's a step. God shows you a huge vision. You're like, oh my goodness, how are we going to do that? Step by step and little by little. How are we going to build a children's facility? Step by step. We're going to get a plan. Then we're going to start praying. We're going to raise some money. And we're going to build it. Just like we built this building. How's my marriage going to get a breakthrough? We're going we're to try to create a structure and some help and some mentoring and some coaching and, and some counseling around you. We're going to add some pastoral staff to get you more touches and, and more opportunity. And then little by little, you're going to crawl out of that hole. You're going to crawl out of that rut. And you're going to be victorious. And you're going to be happy. And you, I'm just going to tell you, I, 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 we need to close, like right now. But we are going to ruin the enemy's plan to destroy marriages. I was talking to a man. I was talking to a man, and he, he, he meant good. He did. He really meant good. And I, I love him. I respect him. But he told me, he says, Dustin, uh, I just want you to know this, that marriage is to make you holy, not happy. And I said, oh. I said, well, I'm kind of not an either-or guy. I'm a both-and guy. I'd love to be holy, but I'd like to be happy too. 
And I believe God's plan for you is not just to be one or the other. I believe God's plan and everything that he does is holy and happy. Dr. Michael Maiden said it last week. It is not over till it's over. It's over, not over till God says it's good. And when God says it's good, then it's over. And God wants your marriage to thrive. He wants your family to thrive. He wants your kids to thrive. He wants our church to thrive. He wants our community to thrive. And that's when we get behind the vision of God and say, God, whatever you want to do, we're your people. Heart and soul, we're with you. We'll take the, we'll take the land. We'll climb the mountain. Whatever you have, God, we are it. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.